Hey everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast for the Mail Fuzz Network. I am Peter, and I'm joined, as always, by Matt. Hey, what's going on, people? Matt's a little sick, but you see your enemy. Yes. Gotta talk comics. Gotta talk comics, yeah. Connor is not here, unfortunately. He had a couple of family commitments this week. It is the Christmas and New Year's week, so he's, you know... He had things to do. He didn't quite get around to the 14 books that he was supposed to read. <laughs> so he'll be back next week, so not to worry about that. But, uh, yeah, so it'll just be me and Matt this week. We are recording this the day before New Year's Eve, so this should be there for New Year's Eve morning, so Happy New Year to everyone and all that. But, uh, yeah, so we talk about DC Comics, and this week we're going to be talking about Justice League vs. Suicide Squad Issue 2, Detective Comics 947, All-Star Batman Issue 5, Action Comics 970, Wonder Woman Issue 13, The Flash Issue 13, Batgirl Issue 6, Titans Issue 6, Teen Titans Issue 3, Blue Beetle Issue 4, Batman Beyond Issue 3, Matt will be talking about Deathstroke issue 9, and then finally, me and Matt are going to talk about the new Elseworld Prestige miniseries issue 1 that came out this week, which is Supergirl being super issue 1. Big week. They gave us a nice big yeah. week to close out the year with. I need to stop doing this, because I already got yelled at by my wife for spending too much on comics. So... Yeah. it's uh, But it's a nice problem to have, because I have to admit, for the most part this week, I had a very pleasant time reading all my books. It was a very nice streak of quality, with maybe one exception. Yeah. Yeah. Which also, will remain nameless for now. It's also it's nice that Matt popped back into sync. His his call from Skype went wailed out of sync for about ten seconds there, and I was about to cut the cords and be like, let's restart everything. But he's popped back into sync, so it's okay. The internet, good. The internet gods have not forsaken us on this day. Oh, good. Knock on wood. Yeah, knock on wood. But uh, yeah, no uh, news this week or anything. At least nothing I can remember happening. So, but we've got a lot of books, so let's just get right into it. Of course, there's timestamps and all that in the description uh, if you want to avoid spoilers on ones or you don't care about some. But generally, it's worth uh, playing through them also. First up, Justice League v Suicide Squad, issue 2. Joshua Williamson writing and Jason Fabok on art, much like last week. So, big event, weekly. Enjoyed issue one. Mm-hmm. Issue two was kind of what we thought it would be. It was the fight between Justice League and Suicide Squad that they'd built up to in the first one. And I thought they did a pretty good job of making it feel kind of varied by having them all sort of splinter off and having like individual matchups between, you know, hero A versus villain A, hero B versus villain B, and so on. Mm-hmm. Some of them are more fun than others, but for the most part I think uh, I think my yeah. favourite was probably Aquaman and Killer Croc which I'm sure has happened before but it's such a simple fun pairing to have like Aquaman try and fight Killer Croc in water well there's that in the fact like so when he had the hook hand it was because Piranhas had chewed off uh, his hand Aquaman hmm. so when Croc tries to take a bite out of him and breaks his teeth that that gave me quite a laugh because hmm. yeah. it, it didn't go the way that I thought I thought, oh, he's going to take a chunk out of Aquaman. Oh, you thought we were going to have a hook-hand Aquaman back after this? Well, not not that, but I thought it would be along those lines. You know, like, you know, Aquaman, that's how Aquaman gets taken out. But no, it was, it was kind of actually one-sided, too, the fight. Yeah. Up until Superman goes down. Yeah, it, it was. Although, I did, one thing I really liked about that fight, that part of the fight in particular, 
was it did that Jaws thing where all the all the water goes red. You know, just just simple yeah. colouring, but it, it just it made it feel like a, a proper Jaws moment where all yeah. the water turned red. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, the Justice League are kind of winning the fight for the most part, and this kind of makes sense. The the Suicide Squad even say repeatedly, "There's no way we can win this." They're you know mm-hmm. they've got Superman and the Flash and whoever you know we're we're screwed. We're not that powerful. Mm-hmm. But they actually end up winning the fight because Killer Frost, you know, she she absorbs power from people. That's part of her her thing. She mm-hmm. absorbs a life force and she absorbs Superman's life force, which is a yeah. lot. <laughs> you know, he's solar powered. Yeah. So she sucks in Superman's power to end the fight and then she essentially does like a almost the freeze version of a slow solar flare where she yeah. just freezes everything around her, like instantly. And the Justice League all get beat and captured, and it ends with them all in like individual cells back at the uh, the headquarters. And Amanda Waller's like, "Yeah, yeah, we designed this cell for you, Batman, because we know what you can do and what, what, how you'll get out of it." And you see Superman's in like a red sun cell, yeah, and you know so on and so forth. One woman's tied up with her lasso. Yeah, and we have the the Green Lanterns have got stuff on their face, uh-huh. and uh, the Flash is in like a stasis mm-hmm. sort of containment thing. And she's like, "Welcome to the Suicide Squad," and that's her. That's her ending. So it wasn't like super heavy on plot this week. I wasn't expecting it to be. We kind of thought it no. was going to be this, mm-hmm. but they made it fun. The matchups were were exciting and interesting. Uh, even Harley versus Wonder Woman was kind of fun with her on the motorbike. Yeah. So yeah, I appreciate that. It, it, it was exactly what we thought it would be, but it was uh, the they kept it interesting. They, they didn't just go down the the obvious boring route. It, the art was good, storytelling was good, banter between the characters was good, you know, Boomerang and Flash talking back and forth yeah. to each other was good. Uh, Flash's reaction to Boomerang, you know, uh, him goading him on, also good. Yeah. And um, snapping the Boomerang too. Yeah. It was really yeah. great too. Flash getting a little bit pissed. And of course, the other thing is we're still setting up the uh, the villains. Sorry about that. It's the, the cat and the dog fighting. So... That's okay. It's like my own Justice League versus Suicide Squad. <laughs> which one's which? I couldn't pick right now. It's, you know. Mm. The but cat's definitely like Max Lord, just waiting to make a move. <laughs> so. But yeah, so we're building up Maxwell Lord and his villains team, and he's like explaining to them what the motivations are in this issue, and he's trying to like, so mm-hmm. say, we're going to do this, we're going to kill Amanda Waller, she did this to us. And... So, yeah, it's set, setting up the conflict, but we're still early in the story, so. I like what Johnny Sorrow said too about he's seen all sorts of things, and doesn't one of them mention too that, that feels like things are off? Yeah, there's like, some there's some rebirth, uh, yeah, touching hinting at where yeah something's not right. This world feels like something's been messed with. There's time missing, or I can't remember the exact phrasing they use, but yeah, there's like a just another little yeah. bit of that rebirth stuff in there. It's not the only team this week either. No. Well, Hello, dog. Uh, here's Thunderdog. Yeah. yeah. He'll lay down. And he'll be loud for a minute. <laughs> lay down. Uh, this is uh, this is the jolly end of year, uh, relaxing yeah. recording of the podcast. We're not going to be too strict about these kind of things. But yeah, you also had Emerald Empress talking about uh, looking for the Legionnaire. So who who we know is an Arkham, yeah, because because yeah. of of Batman and the Rebirth special. So, but again, yep. them them bringing that up and saying there's something not right. I get mm-hmm. like, oh, this actually does feel like it might tie in slightly to what's going on. Maybe not 
completely. I don't think I don't think we're going to get anywhere in terms of the rebirth plot in this no. event. But you know, it's, but it's a nice reminder. Yeah, a presence. Yeah, and I feel they should do this throughout most of the the major books. You know, like we got the uh, whoever it is in Arkham uh, during the I Am Suicide, the first issue. Yeah, and. Or throughout Superman, like with uh, Mr. Oz. Yeah, and we've got a couple so, of other ones this week, which we'll we'll get yeah. to when we get there. But that that was uh, an exciting little mention. But no, uh, the event's still still solid. Uh, looking forward to next week, and I'm liking the pace. It it actually feels more like an event having them week after week. Yeah. Because it's more condensed. It feels like oh, this is the month month and a half of this thing, and we're going to focus on it. But it'll be over by the end of January, and you know we've said that a lot, talk and uh, the build up to it. But it actually yeah. feels like that now that we're actually reading through it week to week. It feels more like a big thing because it is week to week. But that, uh, that's uh, Justice League v Suicide Squad issue two. That'll take us on to Detective Comics nine four seven, James Tenney in the fourth writing and Alvaro Martinez on the art. And this was the concluding chapter in the Victim Syndicate. And I have to say, I am actually really impressed with this issue. Yeah. That this, because I like, I have enjoyed this arc, and you know, I remember when it started and we first seen the vi- vi- uh, the victim syndicate, and we seen the first victim, and we thought the villains were cool, and I've enjoyed it for the most part. But the, the middle of it was it was fine, like you know, you know, they're doing the thing, Batman's investigating. We ended with a cliffhanger last time of Stephanie, maybe not being on Team Batman anymore, showing up to you know do whatever, and we see what the result. And I was a little bit worried about where that was going. But I'm actually really, really happy with how they've handled it. She's kind of off the team for now, but I'm sure she'll be back. And I'm sure, you know, even Batman says at the end, you know, I believe one day we'll be fighting on the one side again. Like, yeah, it seems well, like it's... Oh, go yeah, way. they're still on the same side. Yeah. But she's not approving of Batman. Batman's methods. Yeah. Uh, it was also seeing her in the traditional spoiler costume. Too, Which was cool. Yeah, that, that, the eyes. Yeah, the eyes yeah. and all that, the mask. Yeah, it looked really, really, mm-hmm. really good. I was digging all that. So that was a nice surprise. And then uh, just I like the the resolution here with with Batman and I thought his speech at them was great. Yeah. When he's talking to, to to the team in Batwoman and how yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah, things go wrong but we have to keep trying. We don't just give up because no. it doesn't always work. You know, they they like I actually felt like there was a good message in there and it was kind of like looking at Batman's message like, well yeah, sometimes things go wrong and I need I'll try my best to always be there for when it does go wrong. I should have been there for these people, but that doesn't change the fact that what I'm ultimately doing is for the the right reasons, and I'm trying to do the right thing. You know, it felt mm-hmm. very. It was kind of a very empowering speech. Actually, it was like, yeah, sure, mistakes are made, but we ultimately have to keep trying. Yep. So no, and, I, I like that. That was good. And we know that Azrael's joining up, which they hinted at. Yeah, and, uh, and... Batwoman's even warm to a bat wing joining the team for a while yeah and they even said ask harper but we know she'll say no but might as well just give her an invite so but again she'll, really... she'll probably pop up though a bit. like even if she doesn't join the team right well, yeah. now she'll yeah i mean it's good to have her as a supporting character like in the pure sense of the word is that she's there to for everybody else to bounce off of I th- I think and it's a nice change I think what works for me as well is when Stephanie comes in and she like stops them off doing their thing. She like sort of de- you know makes the threat with the phone and releasing all the information that will like stop Batman's operation, which it turns out to be a bluff, which I like right. because I don't think I'd appreciate Stephanie going that far, but she doesn't actually go that far. It's, it is just a bluff, and that's that's fine. 
she's yeah. making her point. But what I love is that when she does like make her speech and she talks about how these methods can't change, look at all the damage you've done and so on. Mm-hmm. Every other member of the team comes out and says, "No, but this is why I do this." And you know, wh- why does Clayface Clayface feels like he finally is doing something right? And it, they all speak about what it means to them. Even Cass kind of like speaks more than normal and is yeah. on Team Batman. Look, they all It's like Steph has lost her faith in the mission because of what's happened to Tim, and it feels like a repercussion of that, and we'll get to Tim mm. in a minute. But that, you know, I, I like, it does feel like a natural resolution, and it felt I felt a lot of emotion in the scene because it very much became not about the victim syndicate. They actually kind of stopped them easily enough. You know, they're dealt well, with... Well, yeah, they stopped them last issue, and this yeah. was... This was dealing with Stephanie showing up and, and having her her moment. Even the the visual of this, because she brings up, oh, we're in the medical clinic and it's like on fire. Mm-hmm. Even that visual yeah. of this thing that's meant to be healing is on fire because of this team that yeah. Batman kind of, you know, in proxy created. So, right. I, yeah, I think everything was clicking. I think the the moral conflict between them made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't feel like, oh, this has been forced for drama or this has been forced for whatever the, it felt like, no. no, this makes sense where she's coming from, but I'm still on Team Batman's side here. I understand why they're all doing what this they're doing. She mm-hmm. just, she needs to grieve. They didn't give her time to grieve. She needs to get over this. And, you know, maybe when Tim does come back, we, that's what does convince her. Because maybe Tim will give her a similar kind of speech. Like, no, I still believe in everything we did. Sure, I was going to go off and go to university and do something else in my life, but that doesn't mean yeah. I didn't believe in it. You know, so... Yeah, I, I, he could have been bettering himself by going off to college and learning, you know, learning to be his own man like Dick Grayson did, hmm. you know, and because Dick still works with Batman, you know. Yeah, Dick. Dick came home. Yeah. Like, so I, I think that's that's something that I always really like about the bat the bat family, the core bat family, is the idea that it is a family and that yeah they'll mm-hmm. go away and try new things, but they always come home. Like Gotham's yeah. home and Batman's not not yeah. dad, but as close as this dysfunctional family can have kind of thing yeah yeah we all know alfred's the real dad you know he's the especially well, he's batman's dad alfred i'd say granddaddy for the rest of them yeah true if we're going um, to go down that metaphor line but yeah shall we especially talk rebirth that's that's witty yeah shall we talk about the tim scene at the end which i think was genius putting this at the end of the second arc like you know mm-hmm. this arc wasn't focusing on that but the idea at the end of each like big detective arc, we'll get another little glimpse of what Tim's doing and yep. his his captivity. So obviously, Mister Oz took him when everyone thought he died at the end of the first arc. He's right. there. We see him use his smarts by like dismantling his belt and all that to get out of his cage, or if you even call it, I mean, it is a cage, but it's not like a yeah. It's like a fancy sci-fi cage with a force field or whatever. Yeah, it's a cell. It's a cell, yeah. And he gets out, and he's like making his plan to to leave. And he stops because he sees someone else in another cell. And we don't get to see who it is. We see bright light, but we don't know who it is. And that's the cliffhanger. And Tim's like, I have no idea what's going on here, whatever. And Mr. Oz is like, you have no idea, Tim. More, more will be learned in time, or whatever his ominous line is, you know. So, any guesses as to who is in this other cell that made no. Tim go, oh my God? No, because it could be anybody. could be. You know? Like, I don't... I don't even know where to start. Who do you think it is? I don't know if I think anyone specifically. I mean, if it's someone that means something to Tim, Connor Kent, maybe? 
Yeah. Would be the, the first thing I'd jump to. But then would this Tim recognise him or would he see him and then remember instantly? Yeah. And that's why the oh my god is even more of an oh my god moment. Oh crap, all this history that's come flooding back. Yeah. So I well, cause if, cause, Yeah, because we saw multiple cells uh, when Tim was put there. Yeah, we know, the we know he's got Doomsday. That was, that's the yeah. only one we know he has. But we, we know he has others, we just don't know who they are. But this was this was Tim reacting and being like, oh crap, this is someone important that means something to him. Yeah. So. But it, it could also be a villain from his past. It could be. Yeah. It could be anyone, really. That's what I mean. There's so many options. Once, once we start getting more pieces of Mr. Oz, then I think yeah. we'll. It's a great tease, though. I was oh, it is. sufficiently like, teased at the end of this. Yeah, I like that they're trusting Tinian enough to, to push that forward. So, what's, what's great about it, and I think we said this when Tim was taken, but it's great that we never thought Detective would be a core part of the Rebirth ongoing plot, but they've made it so by having Tim being someone who's captured, but by making it Tim, we care about Tim, so it puts someone we actually really care about in the middle of all that, and it ties in Detective in a really cool way. Whereas, you know, Flash yeah. has an obvious tie because of Wally and right. Speed Force and Time Shenanigans. Batman's found out about it, and he's a detective, so that kind of makes sense to have that kind of involved. But now, now Detective being involved directly with Tim and having a character that we started with being in just the regular DC world and now is involved in this, I, I think it, it's a good tie-in. It's a good way to connect us to it. And again, that, that feeling of it being ever-present, as I mentioned in the, the Suicide Squad uh, event. So, yeah, no, uh, that's Detective. Uh, really good. I, I think that was the best issue of the second arc, personally. Yeah. I, I would I would go as so far to say that. Hmm. So, that'll take us on to All-Star Batman, issue 5. Scott Snyder writing and John Romita Jr. on art. No backup in this one. The whole issue was the main story, which is probably why it's two weeks late because Ramita Jr. had to draw about, what, eight extra pages or whatever. Yeah. So this was the conclusion to the the Two-Face arc, which, it's a shame Connor's not here for this one, because he was the only one who liked this. But Yeah. Just, if you would have told me a couple of years ago that I would dread having to read a Scott Snyder Batman book... I know, it's such I, a shame. I, like, because where it started, I just... Even here, I don't like his take on Batman... It's changed so much. Yeah, the voice feels wrong. And the art's not helping. Uh-huh. I don't like Ramita Jr. on art. No. Uh, Although this, the stuff here in this issue, I felt like he rounded into shape. You know, stuff stopped looking so blocky in that Ramita style. Yeah. I, um, this is going to sound like a really weird complaint, but the, the other thing I have with Ramita that I really don't like mm-hmm. is there's too many lines. Does that sound strange? Yeah. You know, there's too many no. extra lines that I don't think need to be there, and it makes everything feel no. really scratchy in a way that I don't like. Yeah, that's his style, though. Like, that's... Hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that's, on, that's on everything, like... I mean, that's how you know it's Romita Jr. I, I, I think it bothered me more on this issue, though, because there's a fight that takes place in the rain, uh, so there's all these extra late rain lines <laughs> on the page as yeah. well. So it's like, oh, man, I'm trying to like decipher what's going on in this, uh, these panels. That's why it takes them an extra two weeks to do eight pages, all the lines. Yeah. Yeah. I, but, I, as for the conclusion to the story, you know, Batman and Two-Face, to get off the boat, there's some ridiculous action with... You know, Batman, Duke, and Two Faced going off a waterfall, and 
Batman has a, a nice little moment where he saves everyone on the boat, even though it's a bunch of people trying to like kill yeah. him for the the ransom or. See, the... now that's Batman. Like that's what I feel. Snyder gets right. Yeah. You know. That um, moment's Batman. Even as he's going over the, even as he's going over the falls, he makes sure that the, the the boat that's on fire full of villains doesn't go over the falls. Yeah. Um. And then, you had the the really weird, um, Commissioner Gordon. And Alfred, that's, back and forth. Yeah, that's stuff I did not like at all. Uh-uh. And it, it's, this, obviously, this is tying into that cliffhanger from the end. I think it was issue two where Gordon mm-hmm. and the cops are coming to Wayne Manor and they're going into the cave and it feels like, oh, crap, they're about to find the cave. Look, I I have no problem with eventually getting a story where Commissioner Gordon finds out Batman's Bruce Wayne. I actually think it's inevitable that someday we will get a story, a big, not an event, but like a big Batman arc Will this happen? Yeah. But that will be the crux of the arc. That will be the big thing that comes out of it, and it'll change the status quo. I'm actually cool with that. I think eventually, if you tell that story well enough, I'd be really excited to see how Gordon reacts, and you know, does he find out that Barbara's Batgirl, and how does that change the dynamic? You know, right. it could actually be a really interesting thing to explore. Whereas here, it's just one big red herring, and I have a problem with that for a couple of reasons. So he doesn't actually find out. It turns out Batman's got this weird thing where someone that's not like approved to go into the cave gets taken to a an alternative place. Where it's just like a man cave. Yeah. I was just like, come on. Yeah, I don't really like that either. But that's just kind of goofy. My real problem with it, though, is that... So, yeah, and other superheroes have done this in the past. Superman, almost every TV show with Superman has done this at some point. Where, oh, it looks like he's outed and everyone knows who he is. Oh, no, here's how we explain how it's not him. But then Mm -hmm. the idea's in their head. Like, it's been seeded. Every character now that's involved has had this suggestion that Bruce Wayne is Batman. And that's, like, all the cops there that are kicking down the doors with Gordon, you know, they all think it now, so it's yeah. like... It's all in there. It's all, don't get me wrong, this book feels so out of continuity, partly because yeah. Jim Gordon has a giant beard and doesn't have that in any of the other Batman books. Yeah. But, so, I mean, I'm sure when we ever do get that storyline someday, whenever... It probably will we'll completely forget this ever happened, and that's fine. It'll practically be out of continuity anyway. But yeah. I don't know. I just don't like any of it. The, the, the way he talks to Alfred feels kind of off. Well, it felt like he'd already had these this idea that that Bruce is Batman, yeah. and he was just waiting, you know. And instead of asking him, like, "Hey, be honest with me," he's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna wait until I have proof," and then. Keeping on with the Alfred thing, when he admits to shooting down the plane, which that was meant to be a big moment too. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a cliffhanger at the end of issue one. Yeah, like, and he's apologizing for it, and I just nothing seemed to line up with original. Like, I feel like the first two issues, like, something changed while Snyder was writing them, and he decided to take it in an opposite direction. I don't know if something changed or if. I see what you're saying, but I think it's less yeah. that something changed. It's more that those two issues were designed in a really kind of cynical way to give you these big cliffhangers to make everyone want to find out what happens. Mm-hmm. What you know, come back. You know, why is Alfred betrayed him? You know, is Gordon going to find out his back? Like, and I think that no, that was never really going to be where they were going. And we even said that. I I, I said after that first cliffhanger, of course, Alfred's mm-hmm. not really betraying Batman. There'll be a reason yeah. for it. But they played it as this big thing, and. 
I can't help but feel deflated by the reveal. But at the same time, I'm kind of glad. I don't want this book to completely alter the fabric and status quo of Batman. Like, I want to enjoy yeah. the story that does that. Not, not this yeah. weird side well, thing that I'm not really enjoying. Yeah, and that's what, like you said, the art that will eventually come when Gordon finds out. I want it to be a big, long arc. I don't want it yeah. to be, like, the last ten pages, you know, in the sixth issue. Or hell, or fifth like, issue. I don't even mind if it is the kind of thing where he kind of thinks he knows for a while. Like, mm-hmm. if you if you build that over time and you have these little scenes where you can see him like considering it, and maybe there's these small moments where you, so that by the time the reveal finally comes, or maybe it is a surprise to Batman that Gordon just comes out and calls him Bruce one night. You know, yeah. when you build to it, you have that arc where he, he discovers it and realizes, and what makes him finally admit or come out to Batman and say, "I know who you are." Like, that's let's deal with this. You know, like, there's a lot of story potential in those things, and I feel like here it's just this crappy little red herring that doesn't go anywhere, and we have this goofy explanation as to how they don't find the cave. Oh, he's got a, you know... And it's Gordon that even says it. I was like, oh, do we really think he has a mechanism that takes us to an alternate place? Kind of thing. Well, if that's the case, then Alfred should have just let him through. You know? Well, well, he even says that even his butler doesn't know about and I think that's the implication, yeah. is that Alfred didn't know that this, which is weird, Alfred lets him, helps him build all this which, crap. Yeah, which that tells me he's slacking on his cleaning job too. <laughs> yeah. that, that extra room has not been cleaned in forever then. So, And then there's the whole Two-Face stuff. And the, I'm sick of Snyder overwriting Magic serums like medical and, terms. Yeah. Yeah. That's been since basically the owls. It's been a, a plot point in it's each just, of his art. It's gotten worse and worse. It, it's yeah. And here it's oh, it's this thing that will either turn you completely into Two Face or completely into Harvey, depending. And then Batman injects him, and we think he's he's done it. And it, oh no, it turns out he gave him something that will stop the thing from ever working. He's he's synthesized this up. Of course he did. And it just feels really. It feels really goofy. It feels really forced. I don't. I don't know. I. I'm really depressed by how how much I don't like All Star Batman, because I love Snyder's Batman at the yeah. start of New Fifty Two, and even more so his Dick Grayson stuff, the Black Mirror hardcover. Go read that; it's phenomenal. It's one of the best Batman stories ever. I love yeah. that thing to death, and now it just feels it feels like the voice is wrong. It feels like there's these crazy plot points that are coming in that I don't really like. I feel he needs a break from Batman. He does. He needs like, to do something else. Like give give him like, who could we give him to work on that you wouldn't expect? I honestly yeah. I think uh, a a horror based book in Gotham like see Gotham by Midnight give give that to him yeah let him do the uh, yeah. the paranormal investigators in Gotham I, I think that would suit him to a T yeah that'd be good and obviously that he's doing this event in the summer with Capullo which is apparently Batman focused. But it is also a big rebirth-related event, so I'm hoping that the actual plot is not just him coming up with it. It's you know, it's like John's and the team. Being like, no, this is the next step in rebirth. Yeah. So let him let him get some editors that are kind of shepherding him instead of him letting letting him do whatever he wants. Um, since you brought it up, I uh, want to bring up what it's supposed to be this yeah. um, event with Batman, and he described it as a Batman heavy metal rock opera. And part of me wants to see that. The other part of me is terrified. Because, mm-hmm. like, when I think of Batman, I don't think heavy metal. You know what I mean? Or rock opera. 
Like, yeah, I what, what are those means? What? And we know it's not just Batman. He says it's Batman focused, but we know it's not just yeah. Batman. Like, you know, it's like he'll be the center yeah. of whatever it is, which makes me think it's going to focus on the three Jokers thing aspect of Rebirth. Yeah. That's that's the impression I yeah. get. I hope it's good. I really do. I hope he can. I hope the next start with uh, Mister Freeze. I hope that's good. I'm excited for that. Yeah, different artists coming in. When he did his first annual uh, out of New Fifty Two, how did you like that Freeze story? I liked it a lot. It it subverted our expectations, like because everything had been Mm -hmm. following the animated series like history, and that it took that and turned it on its head. And I quite enjoyed that. Some people thought, oh, it changes it. But I'm like, nah. It turns Mister Freeze into. Well, no, because anybody could be Nora. You know, like it keeps him going. Because he is nuts. He belongs at Arkham, not Blackgate, for a reason, you know? Yeah, yeah. So the idea that he was obsessing over this woman who actually wasn't his wife was actually really... Right. A really chilling revelation to me. And I like that. And again, yeah. that's that's what Snyder does well. He does this horrific serial killer, crazy villain well. Mm-hmm. This, honestly, him trying to do this emotional connection between Bruce and the villain is kind yeah. of falling flat for me. I don't think he's really good with that stuff. <sighs> Yeah, so this is what I've learned over his his many issues of Batman. He's great at writing Bruce for the most part. He's great at Joker and Gordon. Not so great at Riddler and Two Face. Mm. And even here, I feel like he's Gordon was slightly off. Yeah, and this I liked his. I'm, I'm, that was more towards the New Fifty Two. Yeah. Era, but yeah, his. Well, I agree. He writes a good Gordon up until Gordon shaved and <laughs> went on a bat suit. <laughs> that and, was when and, it was. was in, Stop yeah. feeling like Gordon to me. And he was in the Marine Corps for yeah. however time. Yeah. Craziness. But there you go. That's uh, All-Star Batman issue 5. Connor, if Connor was here, I'm sure he'd be a bit more positive than we were. But mm-hmm. we we weren't. You could go back and listen to all our reviews of this series. Me and Matt were just... Yeah, it was not bad in the first issue. And we just slowly got more and more negative as the, the arc went on. Hopefully the next yeah. arc can turn it around. But that's uh, All-Star Batman issue 5. That'll take us on to Action Comics, issue 970, written by Dan Jurgens and art by Patrick Zutcher. This continued where we left off last time. Lex is on this planet with the God Slayer and his people, and Superman comes to save him. And the issue, for the most part, is the God Slayer and, you know, the people he works for showing Superman the visions and the history of Darkseid and what's going to happen if Lex is allowed to live. And a lot of it's a uh, sort of Superman dealing with his like inner conflict of well, Lex has always been an evil douchebag, but this one seems for the most part okay, until he finds out, of course, that Lex had a mother box, which seems to be the kind of the smoking gun, if you will, in this yep. in this debate. So we end the issue with Superman kind of like, you're kind of guilty, like you're you're on the path here, like the parademons and whoever else have given you a mother box, you're already starting this path to being the new dark side so it's obviously this now don't get me wrong I feel like Superman will still turn around and save him next issue because it's what Superman yeah. does but we do get this this great moment of him doubting although Lux. the tease of the next issue is called Firing Squad <laughs> so yeah I feel like Superman won't let them execute Lex it just does not well, feel no. like character but plus, yeah plus we're not losing Lex so no. <laughs> that's not happening honestly yeah, it was a think... pretty straightforward issue I thought my favorite moment was probably just the uh, we see what Lois is doing with you know other Clark yeah. in the in the planet, and Lois calls John and John and Kathy are in themselves and making sure that you know Lois isn't yep. coming home anytime soon and they're having whipped cream and whatever else they're doing and having pizza. Yep. Crypto's eating pizza. 
I'm like, man, I want an issue of just those two kids hanging out at the Kent farm. Or sorry, yeah. the Smith farm, I should say. There you go. But, no, I thought that was a good, good fun little slice of continuity between the between stuff. Also, Clark calling uh, Perry Chief. Hmm. He's like, I told you, don't call me Chief. Now, I feel like that's a clue about what's up with this Clark Kent. Because he's Clark, but he's not Clark. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Like that, that stuck out to me for some strange reason. Yeah, because he he done it a few times, and I I wonder mm-hmm. if when we find out where he really comes from or what his, what he actually is, you know, mm-hmm. does that play into it? Is there a reason why he, he's saying the wrong thing? Is he from another universe where you know Clark Kent is just Clark Kent, and there is no right. Superman? You know, so no, uh, pretty pretty straightforward. Uh, mainly Superman like deciding and see, seeing these visions of. You know, uh, the God Slayers. Like we find out, his family were killed by Dark Side, and his origin was pretty. That was a pretty cool new. Like I like when they give characters origins like this. They're just in a couple pages, so and it ties them into Dark Side. And this is the first time I've seen Dark Side in a good long while, yeah. where he seems bigger than life. Yeah. Also, it ties in nicely to the last issue, which makes obviously they're writing it as mm-hmm. one story, but it, it nicely. Because we see in the last issue, he was about to give up. He didn't want to do this anymore, yeah. and he, you know, picks up his sword again because it's dark side related, and this actually right. justifies that. It says no, because it's dark side. This is personal. Dark side killed his family, and his right. entire race, his, his planet. You know, it was destroyed by dark side. This is personal, so this is why he's like, no, no, I'm coming out of retirement for this one last job because it's dark side, right? Or dark side adjacent. So yeah. So and also the image of Lex as Darkseid, as another pretty cool. Yeah. Although I'm, I'm starting to miss the the purple and green armor. You know that would have been cool to for them yeah. to try to work that in there. Yeah, it'd be kind of cool if he kept the S, but the yeah, yeah the armor was still those colors. Mm-hmm. I said yeah. it's working for me because there's a reason for him to have this, and he's he's got New Fifty Two Superman's cape and. Like, yeah. I, I, I understand why it is the way it is. So, That's I, almost, I feel like purple and green, that will come back when he, like, he becomes villainous again, like when he properly turns to the dark side kind of thing. Right. Uh, I see what you did there. Anyway, that's yeah. <laughs> Action Comics 970. Yeah, solid, solid issue, continuing mm-hmm. the story. That'll take us on to Wonder Woman issue 13, Greg Rucker writing and Renato Guedes yes. on art. Yep. Um... So this is the present day story, and it's uh, no no bullets, not Liam Sharp doing this issue. I guess he needed one off or yeah. whatever to. It's much to my dismay because it's been my favorite art going forward. He he's been great. I will say this yeah. though. I think as much as I don't think the art's as good as Liam Sharp's art, mm-hmm. I think they did a good job of finding someone who is similar. So that it didn't yeah. feel like a it didn't feel like a huge departure. Like, oh my god, this is so different now. You know, it felt like yeah. it was still in tone, still in style. So I appreciate that. And mm-hmm. I've, I've got another example of that later on, actually, uh, this week. But, no, so I, I appreciated that. So this is, like, right after she's realised, oh, I've never actually been to Themyscira since I left. It's been a lie mm-hmm. the whole time. And she and like, she's went kind of crazy. She's, like, bananas. Yeah, her, her brain, which I didn't realise that happened. Like, she short-circuited, you know? Yeah, she, 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 she can't comprehend what's going on. She turns into kind of... Yeah. Someone who needs help, 
she, yeah. she she becomes broken and Steve which and my favorite part of this issue is that Steve turns into Rambo as he tries to protect her from this you know uh, Veronica yeah. Kale's like you know team that are coming in to like try and poison fetch them squad. poison squad yeah so all throughout we get this narration from Steve which turns out to be the letter that he leaves Diana at the end when he drops her off at a, a sort of mental health place in London <laughs> and this is like him just explaining why he's done this. But throughout the whole issue, while we're reading this narration, he is, he's got his shirt off, he's being John Rambo, he's taking out this team with little, you know, he steals one of their guns and it's like full on like a great action sort of, it's it's a great moment for him to shine, he gets to be the hero and save her, because part of what he Mm -hmm. talks about is like trying to be the man that is worthy of her. Right. And this is him like, whatever way they've gotten here, this is him getting a chance to kind of prove that and be this action hero and it's kind of funny because obviously in DC Universe we have all these superheroes and you know all these larger than life characters and while this is still kind of larger than life, it's a lot more you know, closer to reality than flying in the sky and whatever else, yeah. or even putting on a cowl and cape mm-hmm. so him, him doing all this was just a, it was a nice departure but it also gave him some really cool moments where I'm like you know what, Steve Steve's kind of cool when he gets the opportunity. Yeah, one of the things that I'm happy came out of Rebirth is uh, the return of Lois and Clark hmm. and their whole relationship because it dropped the Superman Wonder Woman, which I I get why they try to do that to shake things up and make it different, but it kind of went nowhere and really wasn't good for anybody. I think different for different sake. When, yeah. when what was there was working before. It's one thing if it gets stale I and mean, we have to shake things yeah. up, but it was kind of like, no, we're going to do things differently because we want to do things differently, not yeah. because what was there, you know. So, yeah. But, but no, it, it I, I left, really like this. It left Steve in like the snowman's land because he didn't really have a purpose. He was just like their, like the government man who spoke to the Justice League. That's what he became in the New 52. Yeah. And, and here, not that he's just defined by his relationship with Wonder Woman. But they, they play off of each other really well. Yeah, he feels like a full character. He feels like he has wants yeah. and needs. And they yeah. have these like great little moments. But then him like defending her and making sure he takes out this team. And, you know, it's this great moment at the end when his guys come in with a helicopter and, you know, Poison yeah. realise they've lost and they have to, like, retreat. And Etta's, like, you know, try to hide from the robot woman who's trying to kill uh-huh. her, who's also working for Kale. And all this is going on. Wonder Woman's still great. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think that we've had, like, four or five, like, fantastic issues in a row, and this was a great yeah. issue as opposed to one of the fantastic issues, but I still think it was very solid, and it, it really did give Steve a chance to, you know, shine and have give him his moments, his big action moments where he gets yeah. to be the hero. If, if we're going to do these where we get, like, the Barbara Ann issue and the Steve issue, you know, to give artists time to catch up. I'm fine with that because I trust Rucka enough as a writer to open it up. Where this yeah. weirdly felt like an issue of Lazarus because you had the, yeah, all the fighting. And even you know, the, the leader of Poison, like she was like, like a, a Lazarus. She felt like... She looked like Evie almost, you know? So, yeah. but yeah. So if we're going to do these, I think it'll make for a nice, like it's almost like a downshift of uh in the creative to where you know it's still good but we can take a break from all this big huge stuff happening for these one-off issues of steve being rambo and uh barbara ann being indiana jones and it sets up this great next start because the next issue not that well the next issue is year one again yeah 
but the issue after that, the next present day issue, is the start of the truth, which is obviously a companion arc that follows on from the yeah. lies. So that should be that should be great, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's my cat jumping and creating chaos. But that's Wonder Woman, still great, uh, consistently good. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that takes us on to The Flash, issue 13. Joshua Williamson writing and Neil Gouge on art. You know what? Just when I think, just when I think I've had enough like sweet Christmas stories that warm my heart mm-hmm. from DC Comics, and I think, oh, that's that's all it for a year, because Christmas is by now. The Flash, issue 13, comes out of nowhere and gives me the warmth. This, this could have been an issue, or issue. This was an issue of The Flash. This could have been an episode of The Flash. Hmm. Where Wally's trying to, you know, keep the city safe while Barry well, has a night to, off. Hey, to be fair, Matt, like, Wally just, on the show, just got his powers. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't, and Barry and Iris just recently started dating. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me if we essentially get this episode of The Flash in the near it, future. I, and I'll watch it and enjoy it just as I did this one. And especially using somebody like Tar Pit, who's such a cool-looking villain, and you don't get to see him that much. Yeah. Is... You know, so, yeah. So, so the plot of this one is that Barry and Iris are on their technically their first date, but not really. They they, they, they yeah. have a lot of banter about how they've tried to date before and it's never kind of worked. And the the, the the Iris makes the waiter take their phones away so they can't be distracted by you know news or stories like or you know crimes. She she thinks it's just because uh-huh. Barry's a CSI, but in reality it's because he's also the Flash. And yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But the whole idea is that that Wally takes it upon himself to protect the city so that Barry can have the night off, and he's running around, and he's solving all these little things, and then Tar Pit, it's Christmas still, and Tar Pit's like stealing from this Christmas store, or toy store, and he has to intervene, but it turns out Tar Pit's only stealing because someone's holding his like family to ransom, and uh-huh. it's just, it's all, it's a really sweet story of Wally trying to just be the hero, and he gets these great moments because he gets to shine, and take responsibility for himself and help out Barry. But then Barry and I just get these sweet moments as being a relationship and kind of realizing what what works and what doesn't. So, no, I that was yeah. another sweet Christmas story, and it worked for all the characters. It was and there, also one of the things I loved was when Iris is saying, oh yeah, it's not like you've not been dating Barry, and we get that it's page, bring up. and it shows Patty from New 52, it shows Mina from yeah. earlier in this arc, and then it says, who and who knows who else, and it shows you Jessica. Jessica. And I'm like, oh, this is great. This is, again, acknowledging all the things that have been going on, and have happened. So, yeah. that's great. Yeah, and I I feel Williamson really nails the voice of Iris, because I feel like, because she's a reporter like Lois, but she doesn't have the same temperament, is I feel like, like Iris is a little more snappy than Lois, mm. and here, I, I think Williamson really just nailed that. And even the Barry stuff too, where he's like admitting that he's probably not always the best, yeah, because he has to run, and you know, there's humility there. And then the tease at the end, where oh, the tease. Oh, by the way, the thing about the tease as well is uh, the the line that because I, I was just looking for this as you were talking there. So yeah. at the bottom of the page, it's after. Wally's uh, made some like cocoa for Barry and Iris, and they mm-hmm. they they're, they're discussing stuff. And she says to Barry, "Why don't we just enjoy this hot cocoa together and let's stay inside, away from the cold?" And at the bottom of the page, you oh. see the visor, the the, the glasses, yeah, the from Captain Cold. And you turn the page, and we see see that he's actually in like I don't know, the West Coast, somewhere sunny. He's looking yeah. Happy. There's a desert. Yeah, and we see him use a cold gun, not some weird cold powers from his hand. It's Nope. It's a cold gun. 
I actually thought he was getting because he's getting a schematics from this guy. He's buying them, and then he and before he uses the cold gun, I thought he was getting schematics to build the cold gun. Mm-hmm. But whatever. So we don't know what these schematics are for, but it's just a little tease for the next arc, which is called the Rogues Reloaded, which I am pumped for. Well, which, as soon as that guy tried to rip him off, you knew what was coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, Leonard Snart is. He's a man of honor, but if you try and screw him, he will just take you down. That's kind exactly. of his thing. So we, we got Killer Frost in Captain Cold. No Cold Snap, though. No Cold Snap uh, this week, unfortunately. It, it does pain me to say that. But uh, there you go. So <laughs> that's the Flash. In fact, speaking of rogues, I, I did enjoy when Wally's like just sort of narrating about Tar Pit, and he says, oh, this is one of the Flash's rogues. Not the rogue rogues just one of his villains hey <laughs> like, rogue yeah, yeah. yeah i like that yeah, yeah. So, so a little touch but that's the flash uh, that'll take us on to batgirl issue six written by hope larson and art by Raphael albuquerque this was batgirl on a plane with poison ivy and the killer mm-hmm. plant and that's kind of all you need to know she's on her way back from asia she's uh, flying back and we have this little adventure where there's she, she's submitting her her late application to get back into university or college and she she senses something's going on and it turns out Poison Ivy's on the flight with a, a really dangerous man-eating plant that starts to yeah. tries to take down the engine and we get I lots love of how, I love how it was a prehistoric plant that was a fossil yet somehow you know despite being you know here, here's where my science geek comes in the fossil is when organic gets replaced with like stone hmm and inorganic, so it, it, it's dead. Like, it's a rock now. But, you know, don't tell that to the DCU, to where you can have a prehistoric plant come to life Speech on a plane. Pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, just, I had a laugh at that. I didn't care, but... What was um, funny is, before they revealed what it was, and I, I was just, she was traveling with a plant, I was like, oh, is this Black Mercy? Is this, like a, mm-hmm. is this set before Trinity? And this is, like, her coming to... You know, yeah. with that, so that that'd have been cool. But whatever, it made for a fun issue. There was a lot. Of, the banter yeah. between Batgirl and Poison Ivy was a lot of fun. Uh, Batgirl, like, oh, someone has to go out to that engine, and like, oh, I guess I'm doing it. And she like puts yeah. on the magnetic, you know, grips, so she can like. Yeah. So it's almost like Mission Impossible Four, and she's like out mm-hmm. in the plane, and she's like climbing across, just like he did in the building, in that movie. Yeah. But now a lot of fun action. I thought it was a really good standalone story, and she comes back and uh, meets her friend at the end. Yeah, really, really straightforward, really simple, standalone, but a lot of fun. R- really energetic. Obviously, the art by Albuquerque is great as it's been throughout the the first arc. This was kind of like an epilogue issue leading into the next one because we get a little yeah. tease at the end where the son of the penguin is going to Burnside. We see him getting off the plane as well. Yeah, there's there's not very many books that I want to be double, but this is one that I wouldn't mind if we yeah. got Batgirl, put that into the rotation. Because this Hope Larson's become one of my favorite writers, just based off of Batgirl. She's done so, a great job. Yeah. And uh, her her take on Ivy, uh, I just I liked how at the end where they have to kill the plant, and she's like, "No, you can't do that." And she's like, "It's gonna crash the plane," and just the way that Albuquerque draws her like sorrow. Yeah. Like oh yeah, it just everything, the characterization is just nailed between the two. Yeah. So, like I say, it's just a, it's essentially a fun action movie plot where they're trying to stop the plane from going mm-hmm. down. But it's just constantly fun because Barbara's reactions to stuff, her her thought process, the way the way yep. Hope Larson like does all that, is just really energetic and fun. And you you feel like it's always moving forward. And 
it's hard not to just love the character of Barbara and the the way mm-hmm. she thinks about things. So no, well, and uh, and she's submitting a application, and it keeps being the callback. Yeah. Um. She's like, oh, you know, my anxiety over the the application suddenly means less as I'm standing on the wing of a plane. <laughs> So, yeah, it's yeah, a fun read. And, the, again, the art, Albuquerque, it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a fun standalone story between arcs, which is something we're seeing a lot of in the Rebirth stuff, is they'll yeah. have an arc, and then they'll have, like, a one or two issue thing, and then go into the next big arc, and that's cool. So, uh, no, that was a really fun issue. That'll take us on to Titans issue six, written by Dan Abnett and art by Brett Booth. This was the final part of the Return of Wally West arc, which has been the first mm-hmm. six issues. And, of course, the last issue ended with Wally running so fast to save everyone that he went into the Speed Force and Kadabra believes that he can't come back. Of course, that's not true. He does come back. Kadabra, while he's got the Titans on the ropes, is still a very terrible villain. Because he, yeah, (laughs) he starts talking and just monologues the entire time. That said, I actually really like this issue. Oh, yeah. It's an improvement from where it has been. Um, I, I liked it for a few reasons. One, of course, was in the Speed Force, Wally's talking to the Speed Force manifestation of Linda, and she basically explains to him, look, you've got all these memories, you've got this previous history of this other timeline and whatever else, but that's not really here right now. She can't be your lightning rod because that's not true to her yet. You know, yep. It can be in time, but it's not there yet. So use your friends, and he, you know he realizes that it's the Titans he can use to be his lightning rod to come back. Yeah. So that, that's heartwarming in, in itself. It's, but even the fact that he can't use Linda yet, the fact that she says, "But she can one day." Let let her know you. There's hope there. There's you know that that word that we love to keep coming back to in DC about hope. Yep. And, and that whole great. scene of them sitting on the porch, and it's like older Wally hmm. from before. I I thought for sure the kids were going to run out at some point. Me too. And and just. Everything that was there between them, they're just back and forth, and and then when he does come back and is his friends, and that makes so much more sense. Like he has this this bond with all the rest of the Titans, you know that that started at the end of Titans Hunt when they they all felt like they were missing somebody. Yeah, you know. So of course, it, the lightning rod for him to come back is going to be the Titans. Even more so. And again, that that, that page, Linda. that that big page spread of them all hugging him when he comes back again yeah. at the end of this issue. It's like, oh, this is great. Yeah. This is building up the team. Wally's back. He's here to stay. He's permanent. Great. Because obviously there was the worry that, oh, they're going to get rid of him by the end of the first arc after just bringing him yeah. back after all this time. No, no. He's no. he's here. He's going nowhere. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. But the most exciting thing in this, though. So, Kadabra's taken a lot of credit for messing up the timeline. And we, we've obviously yeah. been saying that's not true. We know that it's really someone else. And Omen goes into his head and tries to, like, take things out of it. Starts, you know, tries to look into it and see what she can find about the timeline anomaly, time being missing, all that kind of thing. And she says, oh, it was a mess in there. I couldn't really find anything. But I did get one thing. I got a name. Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, so the whole idea of of um, of the bad guy, I just drew a blank. Kadabra? Kadabra, thank you. Cold medicine people, it's serious <laughs> stuff. Um, Kadabra is like, in his future, he wants the fame, and he, you know, is, is I'm the one that got rid of uh, the Flash, 
in Wally West and all of this. Although when Omen goes into his head and is like, oh, wait, none, none of that's true. His future is very cold and dark and yeah. the complete opposite of what he's talking about. And then it's revealed the name Manhattan and it starts to go, oh, man, is the Watchmen future the future of this? Like, well, I don't, I don't did like he it's... get this place? No, that, when I mean the Watchmen future, I mean what the Watchmen represented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think it's actually the... the, the no, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, like, complete, like, darkness and no hope and you can't trust anybody. And yeah, cynical. Well, I, I, th- I think that's what, what we're leading to in the sense that this is what they're going to have to fight, is they're going to have to fight this this future that Manhattan's trying to impose onto the world. Like, he, he's made them all weaker by taking the time and this is why he wants to win this fight so that he can enforce his version of the world and that's going to be a hopeless you know logic filled cess pit mm-hmm. essentially yeah. so no but again that, that, that's like we get a mention in the event we get a mention in Detective Comics well I say a mention we get a really big tease in Detective yeah. Comics and then this we got someone actually finding the name Manhattan in Cadabra's head so just all these little things ever present Making us feel like, yeah, no, we're we're going towards something. The universe has a has a direction right now, and it's it's really exciting. It's really cool. It makes us reading all these together, like all kind of connect, and it feels yeah, feels it just that return to continuity, and that's why I read comics. Is I like that shared universe. Never never leave John's, please. No, <laughs> even if no. you're not writing books specifically, you know what? If this is the trade off, if him not writing any books is him making sure everything else works, great, fine. Do that. Yep. I'm cool with that. Well, it'll it'll make it more special when he does come back for a series, like a, an event or whatever, and it'll be his return to form. Watchmen Rebirth, he, I'm calling it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Can you imagine all of the nerds freaking out over that? It's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> oh, the salt's going to be flowing through the water. Uh-huh. Uh. Alan Moore's beard will gain sentence finally. <laughs> come after him with a knife. Oh. Uh, for the record, by the way, I actually love Watchmen the book. On its own, it's a fantastic book. Yeah. Uh, I just want to, just in case people think us making fun of all this is us dissing the book. No, well, no the book's it's, phenomenal. It's, it's one of those sacred cows that I remember when before Watchmen came out. Even before anybody had any like inkling of what those series were going to be about, they were against it. And I, I'm kind of of the mind if you have Darwin Cook working working on something. To give it, give it a shot. I never read before Watchmen mainly just because it's kind of that Star Wars prequel thing where I feel like it doesn't need a yeah. prequel. It doesn't. I, oh. I, I feel like there's nothing to get from it. And from the reactions I heard from everyone, like some people were saying, "Oh yeah, it's well written," or "It's you know, good nice or whatever," but it doesn't feel yeah. necessary. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm fine with just ignoring yeah. that." So exactly. But but so so yeah, it's yeah, not taking yes. shots at Watchmen, taking taking fun at its prestige. Yeah, you know so. A character, a DC character, has uttered the word Manhattan, mm-hmm. which, by the way, neatly tied into the fact that the, the the book started with Wally repeating his line from Rebirth issue one, yeah. where he said, uh, "You know, he talks about the gears and the time ticking yeah. over." Yep. So, no, really, really exciting stuff. But that's Titans issue six. That'll take us on to Teen Titans issue three. Benjamin Percy writing and Koi Fam on art. Apologies if I have butchered sure. your name. I will say this, this was the the thing I was talking about earlier where we've lost John Boy Myers and he was great, but they've picked an artist here in FAM that really has a similar style 
to the point where I didn't feel like there was a big jolt of a difference. It felt like, no, this yeah. is still the Teen Titans I was reading. This is great. So, although, yeah, and it's a single shipping book, so he could theoretically keep doing all the all the issues. Yeah. So that's cool. But no, um, I enjoyed this. This was uh, Damien and the team regrouping. You know, they've, they've been on the plane, they land around the fireplace, and Damien has to confess, okay, I'm the grandson of Razal Ghoul, this is this team. We get some flashbacks of him like teasing the leader of the Demon's Fist, you know, because he's the chosen one. He's the the chosen son yeah. of Razal Ghul and or grandson of Razal Ghul and all that. Right. So, yeah, I, I thought this was more the the characters. Uh, the voices are point on. Uh, I <laughs> one of my favorite moments was actually just a silly little joke where Beast Boy's like, "Yeah, we should all have a group hug. Me and Starfire will start off." And he, uh, he goes yeah. in for a hug for Starfire. Just little little pepper through moments of uh, the humour which makes sense because they're all kids they should be making dumb yeah. jokes for the most part well and that's from where Beast Boy we met him at this party yeah and Try- his womanising he was trying to be like a almost like a, a rich guy in Hollywood in the 60s with his yeah. big fancy parties and his yeah that's what it felt yeah. like anyway. so and and even with with Raven and she says or someone tells her it was along the lines of her frowning all the time, mm. and and her. So there's just some like little nice witticisms there that he's throwing in there. Yeah. And I still want I still want Green Arrow's sister to show up at one point. Like That'd I think cool. she'd be a she'd be a perfect foil for Damien. And they but, need an archer as well. Yeah, they do. Uh, what I liked here too was the opening about uh, Mara, who's Ra's al Ghul's uh, granddaughter, because she calls Damien cousin. Yeah. And they're fighting over being the uh, leader of the Demon's Fists, and she feels like he disrespected by choosing Bruce over the al Ghuls. And I thought that was a nice little personal motivation. You know, it's not just about bringing him in for Ra's, it's about making things right. Yeah, as far add, as she's concerned, it adds some extra depth to what she's. She's. Yeah. I mean, she's. I mean, it's still not the the deepest villain in the world, but it adds just a no. little bit more to make it feel like there's a bit more going on. Yeah. And of course, the book ends with Damien flies off and comes to see Razal Ghul and says, "I'm yours, grandfather." Which obviously we're going to see how that swerves next issue. No, of course. But uh, they're not going to let him. The whole the whole point of this issue is. That they're becoming friends. Yeah, yeah. And that's why he leaves, is because the Demon's Fist isn't going to stop coming until they're all dead. Yeah. So. Although I almost wonder if Damien's actually got a plan. Like, if he's actually doing some Batman stuff here and he's got a game plan. This is all a ruse so that he can do something, you know, next issue or whatever. Yeah. Nah, voices are fun. Art looks great. Still colourful and poppy. (laughs) I think the colourist is probably the same, I imagine. I've not checked, but it feels like it's the same. Uh, and like I say, it doesn't feel like oh, this is a big shock that the artist has changed. No, it's actually very similar oh. style, so it's it's working yeah. out very well. So I, I I know we don't want more books to cover, but this is another one. We're like, you know, I could do with two of these a month. Yeah, <laughs> that'll take us on to Blue Beetle issue four. Keith Giffen writing and Scott Collins on art as per usual. And this was well, obviously a lot about present day stuff, and we find out that Jaime's skeleton's been mutated by the scarab mm-hmm. but most of this is actually the the origin of how Jaime ends up with the scarab and also a little bit of uh, Ted's backstory and how he got the name Blue Beetle and why he's worried about Jaime because the, 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 
because he basically had this neighbor who was like a kind of an Indiana Jones type looking for artifacts. Yeah, I there's the first change I wasn't a fan of. Yeah, okay. Um, because Dan Dan Garrett's a golden age guy. It's like Alan Scott, and I feel just making him his neighbor. And it's like, uh, you couldn't have him be like working for him or studying under him or whatever. I just, uh, just personally, I, I didn't like that. I was a fan of the Dan Garrett I, I, I'm swashbuckle. Not, yeah, I'm, I'm not familiar with him, so it's sort of, I didn't even uh, notice. So, so it's not, yeah. it's not a shoot for me, but. The, uh, so yeah, he 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 sees that he has the beetle, but we also see that Doctor Fate actually kind of causes his death. Yeah, you know he appears in front of him, and you know I, I know you are wanting more Doctor Fate stuff, so here you go, <laughs> some Doctor Fate stuff for you. Yeah, just not that though. <laughs> like I know they're gonna tease out about the the beetle, like the scarab being magic, and the, but I'm just I'm feeling like it's spinning its wheels a lot, and I'm not enjoying each issue. I enjoyed the last issue more, but as, as I finished each that's, one, I'm kind of like... That's the weird thing, actually, is I feel like yeah. it's spending its wheels less as we go on, because it's yeah. it's given me... Cause maybe it's because I've not read a lot of Blue Beetle before, but I feel like all this is mm-hmm. important information. I feel like I got a lot out of this, because it said, this is how he got the Beetle in this continuity, and this is yeah. why Ted's worried, and I feel like I learned a lot about the characters in this one. And we also had those that really sweet stuff with uh, Jaime being introduced to the, the, the new girl... And they're t- mm-hmm. t- it, you know, Brenda says, "Oh, ask her out. You should ask her out." And she yeah. ends up running to Miguel at the end. So, oh, I've been waiting for you to see how your your medical tests went, and they have this sweet little ending. And I, I thought that was nice. And again, building up his supporting cast. I will say this about Blue Beetle. I'm actually really enjoying it, but I always forget that I enjoy it before I read it because I always seem to put it off later in the pile. You know, I'm always kind of like, eh, "I'll get to it at the end." Maybe it's just because it comes out in a week where there's so many books. But when I eventually get yeah. to it. I'm like, oh yeah, I actually really like this. Why, why was I putting this off? I feel I do that every month. It's weird. Yeah. I just sometimes it just feels disconnected from the issue before it. Almost I feel like a lot happens in between issues. Hmm. So it, each time I start it up, I forget what had happened. So, okay. but yeah, I might I might hang on to the end of this arc, and then just drop. Not and again, it's not because it's bad. I'm just. There's just so much good that you're, yeah, you're. There's tra- so much other good, and it's not what I was looking for in the book, you know. And, and again, me and Connor will still be covering it, so there's, yeah. it's not uh, like the they'll be leaving the show. But I just, I want to give it. It's, you know, it's not like Raven where I'm just like, what the heck's going on? It's, <laughs> it's like, okay, cool, but I also have twelve other books to read. Yeah, so, nah, yeah. I, I, I get that. I get that. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I, I actually, I, I keep. Su- forgetting that I enjoy it and then surprising me. Oh yeah, this is really good. I'm enjoying this. And I felt that way again this month. The only thing I will say is that it can be a little bit too... As much as I love the banter between Jaime and his friends and the, the bickering, it can be a little bit too wordy at times. Like, too many bubbles yeah. in the page. Like, I, toning that down a little bit would be nice. But otherwise, yeah. I'm uh, having fun with the, the high school. I think it's because there's no other book in DC right now where it is, like, someone going to high school and it's their friends yeah. and it's, it has that kind of tone to it. So, um, yeah. I'm, I'm digging it. No, that's probably all issue four. That'll take us to Batman Beyond issue three, uh, which is written by Dan Jorgens and art by Bernard Chang. And this, of course, we have Terry, who is disguised as a new member of the Jokers. He's claiming to be Matches Malone's son. Mm-hmm. And the other members are like, oh, I don't know if I trust you. You know, At least the leader is. He's not like, I don't yeah, know if I Terminal, Terminal's like, okay. Um, 
Everything you say is right, but it, yeah. it feels off. And Dana kind of recognizes his voice and is like, "Wait, is that Terry?" You know, and obviously in as, her head, yeah. as she should, yeah, because they dated forever. Yeah, well, that's good so, then. It, it lines up. Yeah. And she, she, when they eventually get alone, and she like asks him, "He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm alive. I was. I'll tell you where I was and everything else. But just you know, like, let me help you get through this. Like, yeah. play along." But the big stuff that happens here is that Terminal reveals that he knows who he is. He, or at least he knows he's not who he says he is. He recognises the voice because he, he knew him in high school. That was another big plot point is that the, all three of them went to high school together. Yeah. And so we end with him in danger. His brother Matt, you know, Terry's brother Matt's trying to get his uh, new bat costume to him so that he can fight because he's without it yeah. and he's vulnerable. But the big thing at the end is we find out that Terminal's been lying and... The, the body that he claims as the Joker, or has been claiming as the Joker to everyone else that he's trying to resuscitate, is actually Bruce Wayne in a coma state that he, that he is painted up to look like the Joker. How do you feel yeah. about that plot twist, Matt? <laughs> oh, man. I got to that page and he's like, uh, of course it's not the Joker. The Joker died. The Joker's a symbol, you know. But this is going to end up being better because he starts to transfer the, the money. And you get to that last page, and he says, Bruce Wayne, I about dropped my iPad. Because, so, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, it's it's interesting to say the least. And if this means they're going to be bringing back Bruce Wayne, that's cool. I, think I like will. the dynamic. Because well, they mentioned this issue as well, when they're in the Batcave, uh, Max and... Matt. Matt, yeah. They, like, they talk about, oh, well, we can try and fix up a new suit, but the guy who actually built these suits isn't here anymore. So it makes sense they're going to bring Bruce back because they need him to actually, right. with the expertise, to like, build things and like guide Terry maybe once more. So that makes sense. I, I, what I like about it is I like that it kind of, as you said, the Joker's being used here as a symbol, which is very much what Bruce mm-hmm. does with Batman. And right. the idea that this is like him is, is kind of really perverse. It's like perverting his own ideas. So I like that idea of it. No, I like it. I think if this was in continuity or whatever, it'd be weirder. But because it's its own thing off in its own little yeah. universe in the future, I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's fun. I'm, I'm still having fun. Again, I think more than anything, the voices of the characters with each other is good banter. It's uh, it's one of those things, if we get too many books, I could see myself saying, no, this will be a trade book just because yeah. it's too much. And it, because it isn't in continuity and it is separate, it's easy to kind of see it separate. But that said, it's always an easy read. Like I picked it up, yeah. got through it. And it reads quick too. Yeah. Like, it moves. Also, I like Terry befriending the big pain Joker. Yeah, yeah. For a second, and he's like, "Oh, I like the cut of his jib," and uh, and then Matt basically being like a Robin almost. I thought I, he's even I, wearing red. You know, I wonder if that's where they're going with it. If they're going to yeah. have uh, I, I him become the Robin Beyond the reveal, what do you call it? Yeah. Ro- Robin uh, yeah, just- reconnaissance. Renaissance, uh, Robin Renaissance. There you go. There you go. There you go. Need a lot of ration in there. Yeah. Yes, you do. But yeah. So yeah, definitely still enjoying it. And for all the the sting people made about the bat suit and the red eyes, we haven't seen them in it, but in an issue, you know. So I always laugh at at outrage over small things, you know. And it's been real good because he hasn't been Batman, and this is what issue three. Yeah. So. Technically, issue four with the rebirth, so it's been him undercover and a nice you know change. Oh, for the last two, he's in, he's in a bat suit for the first. Yeah, one. Or That's two. what I'm. Yeah. I'm, I'm again, cold medicine. It's, yeah. I'm not good at math, so. All right. 
That'll uh, take us on to Deathstroke History 9. I don't read this, so Matt, that, why don't yeah. you let us know what Deathstroke History 9, which is uh, Christopher Priest writing and Kerry Nord on art this time. Yeah, so it's a bit of a, an origin about how Deathstroke and Wintergreen met. It's over a poker game. And kind of just the the origins of Deathstroke, the character, not just Slade Wilson. Because Slade was known throughout the groups before. But uh, Deathstroke was kind of born when him and Wintergreen end up meeting up. Uh, but it opens with Jericho, like, jumping into people uh, while he's wearing the suit that he got in the last issues. Just, like, it's like he jumps into a nun to stop this guy, this, like, crazy homeless guy from hurting people. So he's going around doing these good deeds, but I don't know why he needs the icon suit to do them. Um, so again, it's, it's just more of Priest throwing these story points out there that seem disconnected that I'm sure will pull together in the end. You say that, uh, but yeah. what issue are we on now? That is issue nine. Uh, yeah. Is it, has there been a point so far where it feels like everything up yeah, to then? Yeah, has... the, in the last issue, we got the, you know, him in prison and we get some of that here that he's finally been apprehended once your man brought him in. And they bring in, like, a military psychologist to talk to him. And it turns out Deathstroke knows this guy. He had done missions with him, of course. And that's that's when we end up getting the story of the uh, origin of how they met. But it also has uh, Rose going back to Vietnam, I think she's from, and running into her mom. And her mom calls her by her proper name, which is XIA, which I don't know how to pronounce. So I'm not good with the Asian. Zaya, yeah. I think Zaya. She, uh, I'm not great with the Asian dialects, so. Uh, but that that's a page. So the issue, I don't say it's kind of a mess, but without the, the regular artist and just the flow seemed to be off in this one. So I don't know if this was just written to, get the art back on, track. Um, but yeah, I, I want them to start piecing it together. If they don't start piecing it together soon enough, then. Because we also forgot to say in Titans that we had Deathstroke pop up at the end after the Manhattan. Oh, sure, yeah. There was a, just a tease at the end that Deathstroke's going to be, oh, wait, I don't recognize you about Wally. And yeah. that's like teasing the, we're going to have a Titans-Deathstroke sort of crossover coming up soon. Yeah, so it feels like there's two different Deathstrokes right now where you have the Titans Deathstroke, who's their greatest enemy, and then you have this Deathstroke who's Soldier of Fortune, Mercenary. But yeah, if they don't start trying to piece these together quick, then... I'm going to have to give it the drop um, because it's, again, I have no idea what's going on from, from issue to issue sometimes. Although the story points are, are good. Like how you feel about Blue Beetle mm. where you're just kind of like, oh yeah, like the whole story of, of the poker game and that's how him and Wintergreen meet. And, it, you know, that leads to them becoming Deathstroke and that. That was cool. But again, don't know how this plays into the grand story. Overall. Alright, uh, that's Destro. That'll take us on to our final book of the week, which is Supergirl Being Super Issue 1. Mariko Tamaki on writing and Joelle Jones on art. And I was looking forward to this. This is, of course, the new Prestige Mini, which is out of mm-hmm. continuity. It is going to be four issues every two months. So the next issue isn't until the end of February. But this was like a 40, 50 page book. 
which I will say yeah. went in super quick. Like I see when yeah. I got to that last page, I was like, really? I just read that many pages. So needless to say, I liked it a lot. It's a yeah. Supergirl story where Superman doesn't exist. She's landed on her own, uh, presumably around the age of eight, because they mentioned it's been like eight years and she's just turning 17, 16, 16 was it? Yeah. And that's a big plot point of the issue because it revolves around her birthday. It's the day before and the day of her birthday. That's a big thing that's mm-hmm. going on. And it's, yes, yeah, and she doesn't remember Krypton. It's not like the Supergirl we're, we're used to where she, mm-hmm. you know, she remembers the first part of her life there. There's no Superman, like I said. So it's a very different sort of thing and she is kind of out at the farmhouse. So it's almost kind of like, what if Supergirl was just Superman? Like, what, what if that was her start? Although, she's not with the Kent, she is with you know, Jeremiah. The Danvers. Uh, yeah, she was yeah. the Danvers. And they, they are very different from the Kents, the way her dad doesn't believe in birthdays and thinks it's a sham and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing. He was very Ron Swanson-esque. Yeah, that's um, a good way of putting it. Very Ron Swanson-esque, yeah. Because you feel like there's a heart behind his kind of gruffness. Mm. And like when he's like, hey, Kara, come out. I need help in the barn. I need you to help me move some things. And she's just picking up the tractor with one hand. <laughs> With one hand, yeah. And he's like, oh, thanks, honey. And, you know. But, yeah, he feels like Ron Swanson almost where, you know, there's that distrust of everything. Someone's always trying to get over on you. Yeah. But he's going to let you know you can't do that to me. Yeah. And so. she has a great supporting cast here. She has two friends, one of whom is a lesbian and is kind of sort of a... Uh, you know, alternative hairstyle, punk rocky looking kind of girl. Yeah. And then we have the other one who is like obsessed with doing well at track and is like you know, super healthy and constantly tells him, do you know him when he calories on that cheeseburger? Oh, you know, I love that exchange between them when they went to the restaurant after school mm. and she's like, yeah, you talked them into, uh, you making them a salad. That's weird. Like it's not on the menu and she still had them make a salad. I thought that was great. Yeah, I, I think uh, all the all the banter between those three was was fantastic. Yeah. Like, it, it made it super readable. Like, I was going through it at a super quick pace. It had that very kind of almost. You almost feel like you're reading kind of a Hughes esque like movie in a sense. We are yeah. following these teen characters, and it because like it doesn't even get to the whole. Oh, she has superpowers until like halfway through. You you spend a lot of time with her and her, her friends, and she's sort of like talking about her birthday and being worried about it or whatever. And she talks about how it's not really her birthday, it's just the date that, you know, our parents found her. You know, we don't really know what her yeah. actual birthday is. And, you know, then it's just like, the first time you see her use powers, it's when she picks up the tractor, and it's like, alright, obviously we know that's going in, because we know we're reading a Supergirl book. But the way it yeah. leaves it off, and we don't talk about it until then, and it, it puts character first, and I think that's... I'm really excited about the rest of this, this series and where it's going to go. Uh, and it ends with the big track, sort of... Uh, yeah. Team track like track, day the track meet track meet yeah well there's a crowd yeah. there as well so it's not like a competition yeah yeah, yeah. that's what track meet is okay, track meet enough. is yeah is it's usually multiple schools not just two and they all you know meet yeah up. they mention it's like the three or four schools that are in the the greater mm-hmm. area that the, the, yeah. all the rivals of each other because they're all like within distance and yeah. also her track outfit was blue red with a yellow sign. Come on, which like, I love. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but I'm still rolling my eyes a little bit. Yeah, but I like that because it's a send up to her the the Michael Turner design costume with the you know, um, with the skirt and the 
and the with that crop top, I guess it'd be called. You know, I don't know fashion, but yeah, <laughs> I like that a lot. I mean, it's a crop uh, top if it's like in regular wear. I think if it's a, a track top, it's more of yeah. a, just a well. A I was talking it. about her, her, yeah, her, mm. the long sleeve version. That yeah, the outfit from the mid two thousands. We're talking about. Yeah. yeah, and so I thought that was pretty funny. And then the earthquake or whatever happens, and she can't find Jen. And that's how, how it ends, which I went to turn the page, and there was no pages left to turn. Yeah, so, just, just at the bottom it said, end of chapter one. It was like, no! Yeah. Because yeah. it feels like it's taking its time. It feels like a proper origin, coming of age. This is going to be her yeah. becoming a superhero. I don't know if it's going to be time jumps, but certainly it feels like the next issue yeah. will deal with the aftermath of this. And you know maybe it'll be issue three. I I almost I want to guess it'll be the end of issue three when she puts on a costume. Yeah, I, that would be my guess at this point. But no, I I, I love this kind of like you know this origin story. Where we take the time to really get in our head, and it is obviously out of continuity. So it's its own you know Elseworld Supergirl story, and that's cool. I'm I'm happy we're getting this. I, I'm I've really enjoyed it so far. Oh, I am too. I just here's my thing. If she was eight when she landed, and there's no Clark. Mm-hmm. I just I wonder what the I wonder what the if we're gonna get an explanation on why she was older, you know, and why time. she yeah, didn't remember. Well, yeah, I don't know if there's so. an explanation needed for why she's older. I mean, she could just be eight when they send her away because the planet's dying. Yeah, I just I always liked that she was actually meant to be older than Superman, but because she got lost on the way. Yeah. In the whole you know space relativity, it's thing. why it's why she can't remember anything is the more. Yeah. Th- you know the more questionable aspect that I'm curious about. Right. I wonder right. if it was an intentional thing. I wonder if they just like the parents, you know, Zorel and whatever, when they were sending her off, said, "Oh, we're going to erase her memory because we don't want her to have the pain of losing us." Uh, her entire, yeah. I don't know. That's, that'd, that'd be my guess. But yeah, no, I really like this. This was. It's really good. You nailed it when you said it's like a John Hughes yeah take on superheroes. So. Uh, makes me want to check out Tamaki's other work to see if it has the same kind of tone to it. I, you know what? I, I hope uh, these two stick around at DC and do something. Yeah. You know, get an ongoing the art too. after this. Yeah, the art's great. I really like the art. So. Very, very. Uh, it suits the whole small town, like kind of Kansas feel that they're going for. Yeah. A lot of that's the coloring, sure, but even just the. You know, it's not too stylized. It's not, but it's not too generic either. It's got a very nice. No, it's simple. It's simple, like, yeah. Some yeah. innocent. It's got a simple, small to innocence about it, which is a really weird thing to talk about art, but it, it does. Yep. So no, uh, Jones. really, really like this. Really, really recommend checking it out. I'm looking forward to issue two. I'm almost upset that it's going to be two months, but that said, it was expensive, so maybe. Yeah. You know. Maybe it works out that it's every two months, but it it was worth the what, what was this like six dollars? Yeah, which is about the the about the price of a you know two issues. Yeah, it was it was comic. it was double end, so it was double price. I mean, it's it's yeah. not like it is it's not the value is still there. It's still clearly the same amount of value. It's just you're just you're forking it over in one go though, so it, it feels like a big spend when it's yeah. But now, nah, uh, Supergirl being super uh, really good. Uh, so we've got a Supergirl ongoing, and we have a Supergirl Elseworld mini going on at the same time, and I'm really happy about that. I love that the character's getting getting the attention. Although the ongoing is another one where I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't mind two of these a month, but yeah, 
but you know what? I'll, Which, I'll stop. I'll stop making them want me to spend more money. You know, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll accept it. Yeah, I mean, I would I would take the price hike if it's quality, and then after you know that meant I could drop other things. You know, it would force me to make a decision instead of just keep going with it. So, uh, I was gonna say something I can't remember. So, about Supergirl. Oh, so this one's a, it feels to me like this is like American Alien to where um, yeah, a little bit. it's going to be a nice out of continuity that you can, once it's collected, you could give to someone that's curious about comics. Yeah, do you, I think you DC's know? always been very good, even when it's in continuity, mm-hmm. like something like Long Halloween or whatever. Like I feel mm-hmm. like DC have a lot of really good like standalone things that are 6 to 12 issues that you can hand to someone and say, read this from start to finish, you'll get a complete story, it's not part of a long run. Don't get me wrong, I love a long, long run, I really do, but... It's much easier to start someone out in comics if you can give them shorter things where they, they get a taste for it first and then you go on. But it's, it's one of those yeah. very things where it is out of continuity, but it'll be a great story exploring the themes of what it is to be Supergirl slash Superman and yeah. what, what, what it means to be that character. And I'm always for that. So that's uh, really, really great. So that'll take us on to the end of show things or favourites of the week. Favourite panel, favourite art, favourite cover. Now we've added that one last week, and uh, our top five books of the week. So, favorite panel, Matt? Do you have one at hand? Oh no, uh, me neither. Yeah. Funnily enough, yeah, <laughs> um, it's tough because it, it'd probably be something from uh, Supergirl being super because the art in that was fantastic. But I can't oh, think of anything off the top of my head. Uh, this is actually kind of a weird problem where the art was just consistently very good throughout most of the books this week that yeah to actually trying to pinpoint a specific moment is is pretty rough difficult yeah I th- I'm actually going to go with uh, Just League like V Suicide Squad I just I really like the page where or not even the page the panel before the, you know you have that page where Killer Frost has done the, the ice explosion or whatever and everyone's frozen yeah the page before that when she's absorbing Superman's energy and he's yeah, he gets sucked in. Yeah, his skin's all like, sucking he's in. He's withered. Yeah, I really like that panel. I think that's a really great moment because you you realize like that that single panel is the power shift, literally yeah. even. But you know, even just thematically, it's the shift of power to the the villain side, yeah. and I, I like that. It does a lot in one panel. So mm-hmm. uh, good. We we can we can gloss over yours if you don't want to. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. Pick I a specific can't. One. I yeah. Uh, we'll just say. The one of the ones where she's flying and Supergirl being super because you have okay. to really cool they they do it in silhouette you yeah know? like when yeah. she she jumps up out of the off the roof and it just makes for a nice image there against the moon and whatnot yeah yeah cool uh, best we'll do cover before we do art best cover of the week. Oh, that's just a, oh, I need to open my iPad and look at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to remember what they look like. Hold on. Um, oh, some good stuff here. I, I have mine. Oh, uh, you go, you we're go. Not, yeah. We're not going variant, so that knocks out what would have been my number one. But uh, it's to me Wonder Woman. And right, just okay. the, the image of Steve and Diana. It has like that shield kind of logo working in there where... It kind of hints towards the gods and whatnot. It's a really nice looking cover. That's fair. Um, I'm going to go with Batgirl because it's a Batgirl yeah. and Ivy jumping for the case 
that's yeah. got the, the plant in it. And it's just, it's morally the facial expression on, but again, it's this really fun, like almost, like not not goofy slapstick, but kind of like, oh no, like the, the worry in her face yeah. really cracks me up. And obviously it's Albuquerque, yep. so it looks fantastic. And uh, great highlights as well, which all of the covers have been, they've all played with white backgrounds and like strong highlights to make it, give you this sense of overexposure, which is pretty yeah. cool. Uh, and I'm probably going to go with that for art as well, overall. Batgirl. Me too. It's Albuquerque just kills yeah. it. I think I think there's a lot of you know a lot of possible wins this week. Obviously, being super is a, a big one for me. Yeah. Justice League Suicide Squad. That and uh, maybe even Teen Titans you could throw in there as well. But no, I, I think Batgirl. And it's Albuquerque's last issue, I think, because the new arc spring a new yeah. artist. So give him a send off. He gets the award this week for best art of the week. Yeah. So and that. There's also that uh, variant that I just loved. I couldn't get it in my shop, didn't get it in. But it's her and Ivy as well, uh, just more stylized. I'm going to look at it right now. Oh, yes, yes yeah. And Ivy's upside it's, down, yes. Yes, it's fantastic. It's got more of a, I'd say, watercolor kind of coloring to it. Mm-hmm. Which is I think it's nice. even a man. I think, it, I think it's Manipole, too. My brain's not working properly. I could, I could buy that. Yeah. Does it tell me in the credits page who the variant is? It does. Yeah, Manipal. Uh, it's yeah. Manipal. Yeah. You're right. Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> it, took you, it took you 30 seconds of doubting yourself, but you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, again, cold medicine. Uh, and uh, that'll take us out of the top five books of the week. Oh, this is a rough week, because I feel like there was a lot of good stuff this week. I feel like Detective had its best issue of its arc. You know, Flash had a really strong Christmas issue. Batgirl had a really strong standalone issue. Titans probably had its strongest issue yet. And again, I read... What did I read this week? 12 books? So I need to narrow it down to yeah. 5. Okay. Number 1. Supergirl being super. Okay. Number 2. Detective Comics, 947. Number 3... Batgirl, number four, Justice League v Suicide Squad, and number five, The Flash. And oh, I, man. That, that shows you how good the week was, though, because I left out a lot of great stuff when I, <laughs> when I Which, was... So, mine, mine's going to be the same, but just swap Batgirl and Tech. Really? Okay. So, cool. Batgirl would be two, and Tech would be three, and then Justice League, Suicide Squad, and Flash. So... Yeah. It's hard not to put Supergirl being super. I mean, we did this with Dead Man as well. Yeah. But, I mean, they're just forces to be reckoned with. They get to do this this uh, prestige format, and everything is just, like, nice and clean and tells I, a complete... Yeah, and it's almost like, as much as I love the continuity, it's nice when something can be completely cut off from it and just focus yeah. on what it's doing. And... That, that's what that gives us so that, that's really cool even yeah. though the dead man one I think is still in continuity uh, well, there's nothing, nothing that says it can't be whereas the Supergirl yeah. one is definitely no this is a different version of Supergirl that's not what we have in the yeah. ongoing but no uh, so yeah that's that's our so we, we agreed in the top five we, we swapped the order of two of them but otherwise we agreed completely yeah. on what that was uh, not to discount the Titan books or Wonder Woman no. or Action or whatever else. The only one we didn't like... Well, you, you weren't as keen on Deathstroke this time, but... Uh, yeah. And I we don't like All-Star Batman. But otherwise, really yeah. strong week, so... 
Yeah, yeah, definitely All Star Batman would have been my worst, even even with Deathstroke. Yeah, yeah. I'm still holding out hope. I mean, I guess I have hope for All Star with Freeze coming, but yeah, you know. But yeah, that's that. That'll just let me tell you what next week brings. The first week of January. So again, Happy New Year's because you're probably there's a good chance you'll be watching or listening to this just after New Year's, maybe before. This will be going up early New Year's Eve, but. Yeah, next week we have Justice League v Suicide Squad issue 3. So next part of the event, really pumped for that. Uh, we also have the first of the one-shots from Justice League of America, which is Justice League of America, The Atom, Rebirth, issue 1. So that's next week. Plus we have Batman 14, Superman 14, Justice League 12, Nightwing 12, Green Arrow 14, Green Lanterns 14. We have the Death of Hawkman issue 4, next part of that mini. We also have the first issue of another mini, which is the Fall and Rise of Captain Atom issue 1. Curious one that I'm. I don't think I really have any attachment to Captain Atom, really. So no, I'm not, he's he's basically Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, I'm not sure how I'm going to care about that, but you know, here's hoping it could come out surprises. We're definitely all trying issue one, so yeah. we'll we'll see yeah. how it goes. And also out next week is Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn issue eleven, <laughs> Midnight and Apollo issue four, Aquaman fourteen, and Cyborg issue eight. Those last four, of course, we don't cover on the show. We've all dropped them for one reason or another. But uh, just to let you know they're all coming out as well. So that's uh, next week's DC Comics. A lighter week than this, but still yes. plenty to be excited about. So yeah, let us know what you thought of this week's books in the comments below. Let us know what you're looking forward to next week. It's always curious to hear that. And as we go through our first big DC event, uh, so issue three of that next week. So thanks very much for watching and or listening. Like or subscribe. While you're on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, your podcatching app of choice, uh, you know, give us a like and a subscribe and five-star rating, whatever else. Helps us out a lot if you do. Uh, yeah, that's us. I'm, I'm losing track of my uh, thought process here, but thanks, thanks for watching or listening once again. We always appreciate it. Have a really happy new year. Hopefully 2017 is another great year for DC Comics. And keep in mind that we will have an extra episode of the podcast. The plan was to be before the next episode. Depending on where we can fit it in, it might be after the next one. Mm -hmm. But we will, we will have a special standalone 2016 DC Comics Awards episode. Uh, with Connor as well, of course. Connor should be back for the regular yeah. episode next week as well. Especially since he's got a week off work, so he has no excuse not to finish all his books yeah. and catch up. So, thank you very much once again. Matt, do you have any nice uh, New Year's wishes to give to everyone before I do my final sign-off? Yeah, just uh, keep keep reading Superman, because it's, it's good. <laughs> let's not, you can drop the rest take, of them, but you can just keep reading Superman. Let, let, let's not um, take uh, take for granted... That it was really dark times for Superman up until Rebirth. For a good six or seven uh, years. Yeah. So just keep that up. And yeah, just keep enjoying comics. Even if you like that other company more, it's just keep reading them. I don't know. I don't know why you're listening if you like that other company more, but hey, more power to you. I don't know. I heard this week a lot of complaints about, you know, because their summer event finally finished in the last week of December. And uh, the ending didn't seem to please a lot of Marvel fans, which is upsetting for them. Yeah. I have to say, yeah. though, as a DC fan and finally being happy about DC Comics, you know what? I'll I'll take the win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. So especially if they're going off this model of summer events, we're just gonna have storyline events 
throughout the year. I think yeah. that's a much better model. That's so it cool. doesn't disrupt everything. And just for the record, I'm, I'm joking about uh, being happy that Marvel fans are all upset. I actually, you know what, if Marvel were firing on all cylinders and being great, that'd be cool. I have no problem with them succeeding. Yes. I'm just, it's a bit of friendly fanboyism uh, in between. Well, not, we, we had a deal with DDO in the new 52 for five years, so... Yeah, that was painful, you know. so... Yeah. Yeah, 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 so we're going to relish in it a little bit when DC is doing well for us, at least for our tastes, and Marvel's not doing so well. Exactly. In terms of, in terms of people being happy about what they're doing with their overall plots, but uh, off Marvel talk, this is DC. This comes from the multiverse. Yeah. We don't talk about that. We talk about DC. Can't we talk about Batman's and Superman's and Wonder Woman's and whatever else? So thank you very much, guys. Uh, have a good New Year if you happen to. Well, have a good New Year if you happen to be watching this before new year's if it's after new year's then i hope you had a good new year mm-hmm. that kind of thing thanks for watching guys i've said that about five times now and always remember never get lost in the speed force and long live the legion <laughs> <laughs>